Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. BASF provides sustainable, high-performing ingredients that enhance the quality and productivity of your poultry feed. Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Carry, proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, where we break down the latest in poultry nutrition research and industry trends in approximately uh, 10 minutes. I'm one of the co-hosts of the podcast, Sam Rochel at Auburn University. And uh, today I'm joined uh, by Dr. Sean Chen, who is an assistant professor and extension specialist at University of Georgia. Hey, Sean, how's it going? It's great. It's great. Uh, I'm glad to be here today. Yeah, you bet, man. Uh, really, really excited to talk with you. You have a, a very unique background, and uh, you and I have gotten to know each other a little bit um, over the last year or so. But, um, you know, can you just give the audience a little bit of context about your background? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm Sean Chen. So I originally from China. I was trained as a vet in China Agriculture University. Um, and in 2014, I came to the U.S., and start my PhD program supervised by Dr. Wu Kim at uh, Poultry Science Department, University of Georgia. So I was working uh, with uh, Bone Health for my entire PhD program, as well as a postdoc doing my study at UGA. Uh, until in 2020, I was hired um, by NC State Poultry Science, uh, working as a research assistant professor over there for two years. Uh, I was working closely with Dr. Robert Backstead for my first half to one year uh, until he uh, joined a start new job at SIBA. So um, that was like two years, really busy life, but very exciting. Last year, I joined UJ as a season professor, extension specialist in poultry nutrition. So uh, my focus is uh, mostly applied poultry research. Uh, uh, anything related to the gut health, including the hysmonosis, and also the formulation strategies on the economic and sustainability. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about this all the time, but the, but the you know the barrier between um, between gut health and nutrition has has diminished. Uh, I mean, they're completely intertwined, and so you know the more we can do to to understand, uh, certainly the the better uh, we'll be able, or the more progress we're going to be able to make. So. Uh, I, I think you're in a unique situation in that, you know, um, with your background in NC State and working alongside Dr. Beckstead and, and the, the program you guys had there, along with, you know, the, the group at Arkansas, really the only groups that I know of in the U.S. that are working on, on histamoniasis. And, uh, you know, I know that continues to be a, somewhat of an increasing problem uh, across different types of poultry. So can you talk a little bit about the current you know, situation where it's popping up, um, you know, the type of birds it affects, the consequences, and then what options we have to, to do anything about it. Yeah, sure. So the hysmonysis, you know, we also call it black heart disease. Uh, it's caused by the protozoa called hysmonus myelagritis. 
And uh, um, it's in fact the birds in Sika cause lesions and eventually in livers and cause mortality in both turkey and broiler uh, breeders. So turkey is more sensitive to the bloodhead, um, but chicken is more resistant to it. But we still see the increasing you know, complaint from the producers saying the increased mortality in broiler breeders during the first six weeks or during the, uh, you know, uh, transfer the birds from the pool to laying house. Uh, we don't really have a complete report for the broiler bird industry, but we do have a, a report for the turkeys. Um, that's from a Dr. Stephen Clark from Google Farmer, and he made this uh, house report uh, annually. So I just received the newest one. So right now, the Hismonas is ranking the number 11 uh, in the turkey production. And we have uh, around 61 cases reported in the last year, which is the last compared to the year before last year. Uh, which is around 100. Um, that's maybe due to the increase about security due to AI. We don't have a, a lot of problems in this area. But still, it's a, a concern for the turkey industry uh, because um, this can cost up to 100% mortality. And also the broader breeder industry don't like it as well. It, you know, it, it is expensive birds for broader breeders. There's a smaller amount of uh, mortality. Yeah. 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 And I mean, we're, you know, we, we hear often from the, the broiler breeder industry, you know, that there are issues uh, out there around, you know, hatchability and things that uh, we're dealing with. So any, any loss in those flocks uh, is, is certainly very costly. Yeah. 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 For sure. And, and currently we don't have any treatment. People keep asking like, uh, when are we going to have a treatment? Yeah. Right. I was joking like if I have a time machine seven years ago, <laughs> We still, uh, the last treatment was banned in 2016. So since we are kind of struggling uh, to find effective treatment for this disease. Yeah. Yeah. So just for context, what, what treatments did exist in the past and, you know, um, the, how effective were those? Why do we not have them now? And then kind of what are the options, even if we don't have an equivalent treatment, what are the options, you know, that you've been looking at in, in your background in this? Uh, I think this disease has been, Start founded like in in nineteen uh sorry eighteen ninety three, and since then you know uh, in the turkey industry been struggling with this disease, and during the long history we do find that our cell treatment available um can be treated this disease, but since then the research being like you know went down from there, um but later in two thousand sixteen I think that due to concern of these uh, drugs also overlap with uh, control of the human health. So uh, it's not a lot used in the market. The very last one is called uh, Nardazone, being banned in 2016. So we still don't have any treatment available. Um, um, our lab been testing different type of treatments in the dirt, in the water, uh, for a while, along with Dr. Bastet efforts since uh, 2016. We've been testing 133 um, different products from uh, multiple companies. Um, Altogether, if I remember right, it's 107, uh, 197 trials altogether. Um, yes, uh, it's been tested in battery cages, isolators, floor print trials, different setup. And later, uh, with the help of uh, Dr. Jin Kwon Wong from U UGA, and he helped us doing uh, some analysis on the existing data. So we try to categorize all these different treatments into different categories and see which one has a more potential for treating this disease. So, so far what we can see is um, 
even though different categories shows, you know, reduction on mortality or sick and fever score, uh, which is one of the ways to see the disease progression. However, we haven't seen anything really treat the disease. But again, we see um, more potential in a functional carbohydrate category, which mostly prebiotic fermentation products has a little bit higher potential to control the uh, disease severity or progression. Um, and also, we see a very interesting information out there uh, is uh, whenever the expected mortality is lower, uh, these dietary treatment or water treatment are more effective. If the you know, mortality is really high in the setup, the urine is not really effective at all. That tells us like it's more meaningful using these uh, type of uh, dietary treatment or water treatment when the uh, mortality is lower. And also, when you set up a research trial, we're also looking for an uh, infection model like this, not really, you know, uh, really high uh, mortality infection test. Yeah. But, but again, uh, even though show different levels reducing mortality, we still haven't found anything that can trace the disease. Yeah, right, right. So that's really neat. I, I mean, I, I, in fact, I'm a bit surprised by the fact that of, of all the kind of classes of categories, what you're seeing is is uh, carbohydrates that can get in and, and kind of modulate the uh, the environment of the CECA, possibly more short chain fatty acid production, lower pH. That's that's what you're seeing is is effective, uh, at least in in less severe cases. What about uh, from a management side? I mean, other than the nutrition and, and drugs and things, are there any thoughts you have on management and things that can be done to try to minimize this? So um, if you have a, like a lot living chicken barn into our turkey barns, whenever their, turkey, their chicken barns start cleaning out or have downtime, that's a kind of a sensitive period uh, to level up your biosecurity or pest control. Um, the theory behind it is still a theory that a migration of these vectors are looking for the nearest food sources. So they're moving from the nearest, uh, um, you know, from the chicken barns to nearest um, available food source, which could be the turkey bar nearby. That could be the period you apply some uh, pest control, just trying to you know get over that um, period. Um, and, and uh, you know, uh, that is uh, for the reduced introduction of disease. Uh, and also, you know, common, um, uh, common practice, like don't share the equipment, make sure you clean out anything came to your farm, to your barn. Uh, uh, you know, um, actually, hismonas is... Uh, Elevate bird well-being and improve profitability with Cargill's tailored nutrient solutions that deliver performance. Cargill is leading through applied nutrition, leveraging deep nutrient insights and understanding of the animal's nutrient requirements to achieve your production and performance goals. Well, hey, Sean, I appreciate all the work you're doing on this. Uh, this is great stuff, and I know it's, it, it's highly valued and needed by the industry. So so thanks for all you're doing, and, and thanks for, for sharing with uh, everything with us today. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. You bet. All right. Well, hey, it's been great talking with you. Um, you know, I hope we, uh, maybe we can get on again for another one down the road. Uh, appreciate it, and, and have a great week, and thanks for everything. Thank you. Hey everyone, we're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, 
feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.